This should be played at high volume. Oh, K.J. Martin denying Rudy Gobert. Here it is. Tate puts it up and in. Porter Jr. again. With his ninth three-pointer of the my heart with the rebound. The second pick will be made by the Houston Rockets. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Liftoff Podcast. I'm your host, Keegan Smith, and I'm here with Zeke. Unfortunately, we could not get the whole crew together because Corey was not available, so we're going with a two-man podcast today. But we're going to make do. We're going to do it the best that we can. And we're going to get some Rockets content for y'all. Zeke, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. I'm great, man. We, we were blessed by seeing two goats walk off, walk on the stage of the L.A. Coliseum. And they blessed us with a legendary moment. Um, all Drake did was prove that CLB is trash. It's not that good. And that uh, Kanye had to remind everybody that he's the he's the golden child. But regardless, it was still a great moment. But. We're here to talk about the seven-game winning streak, Rockets basketball, and everything else that matters to us, which is nothing else. Yeah, man, I feel like Corey couldn't be here because he was at that Kanye and Drake concert last night. He probably partied too hard or something, couldn't, uh, couldn't come record with us today. Yeah, man. He was, he was receiving blessings from Jesus and Six God. He can, he can, um, we can give him a break. Just know that when we have him out here, we're going to tell him to, like, tell us how the vibe was and we're gonna make him like sing a song acapella at least three seconds of it you know oh yeah so it doesn't yeah. kiss just so it doesn't break your eardrums you know yeah that's that's the uh that's the punishment for not being here to record this one today he's gonna have to sing for us but yeah. without further ado it looks like the houston rockets are never losing another game uh and i sound crazy saying that and i know it's not actually true but man like are there any better vibes than we've had over the last week and a half, two weeks with this uh, the seven-game win streak? Absolutely not, man. I honestly think, like, for a team that's, like, a losing franchise at the moment, the vibes have been so immaculate. It, there's peace all over Rockets Twitter. Everybody's happy. Nobody's calling for people's jobs. Nobody's calling any coach a war criminal. It's just beautiful. It's like the vibes are beautiful. It's kind of like... It's kind of like when Spider-Man 3, when homie was, um, when Tony McGuire was walking and everybody was smiling, he was smiling and he was dancing and everything. That's what it feels like in Rockets land right now. Uh, it feels great. It, I cannot believe that an 8-16 and 16 team feels this good. It, yeah. It's absurd, really, to look at the record and feel this, you know, this fine, considering that we've got injuries that have kind of derailed things a little bit with KPJ missing time for, uh, for the thigh contusion, the thigh issue. And then Jalen out with the hamstring still, that strain. So, you know, there's there's a lot of things that have been going wrong in Rockets land. And somehow they've still made the most out of it. So that's – I feel very, very good about the future of this team considering the circumstances. Now, I don't want to detract from this win streak, right? Yes. Because as you pointed out before this, uh, before this podcast where we hopped on to record – this is the first time in American pro sports history. So we're talking any of the major leagues, right? First time in pro sports history that a team has lost 15 straight games and then gone on to win six in a row in that same year. And so, or gone on to do that after a 15 game losing streak. And so 
you know, it's kind of historic, historic stuff, really. It's a historic turnaround. But it also came against Chicago, so good team. Charlotte, pretty good team. Then OKC, OKC, Orlando, and New Orleans, all bad teams. And then Brooklyn with no Kevin Durant. So as much as I want to join the, the few people who have gone full on, oh, Rockets are in the play-in mode, I, I'm not going to go that far just yet. We've got to see more of this. We've got to see how they, how they respond whenever the whole team is healthy. But there's been a lot of encouraging things that we've seen over the last you know, two weeks in all these games. So what do, you, what do you got? Just big observations. Let's hear them. I mean, big observation is that you put Garrison Matthews in the starting lineup, a.k.a. Gary Bird, you know. Everybody, I, I think everybody on Rockets Twitter, if, if you don't know who Gary Bird is or you're not a Gary Bird stand, then just get out. Like, we don't want you here. Like, Gary Bird propaganda will be propagated on our watch. And um, he is the reason why we have saved the Rockets season from being as dreadful as it should be. Once you put him in the lineup, everything has opened up for us. And then also, like, Dice probably a nice man good guy he was hired to be a veteran for us but he has been dreadful for us i think like um like hey back me up like isn't all of the lineups with dice pretty much like all of the net negative lineups that we run out there yes um for a while that two big lineup that they were rolling out whenever we lost 15 straight was it was a bottom three lineup as far as net rating goes in the entire nba for a pretty substantial amount of time so as good as tice is in certain situations i don't think he's the guy that you want to roll out all the time he's he needs to be more of a situational player like they used him uh, as a starter against the pelicans whenever they had uh jonas valanchunas out there you know that dude's freaking huge right so christian wood might not really be able to guard him so they threw tice out there good things happened right and you win that game so taking tice out of the lineup like you said it's made a big difference and then garrison matthews man I just I, – I don't even know where to start with this guy because he's kind of – he's bounced around the league a little bit, has he not? I mean, he's he's kind of gone from team to team to a point. Uh, and then he spent last year with Washington uh, with the Wizards. And one of my buddies um, that is a Wizards fan, because I'd asked him about Garrison whenever we signed him, and I was asking him, I'm like, yo, what's this guy like? You know, what's the player comp? And he said, he's Walmart Duncan Robinson. Well, <laughs> he's Walmart Duncan Robinson, but really I think Duncan Robinson is the new Walmart version of himself because Garrison is shooting way better than he is this year. And then on top of that, like Garrison Matthews, doesn't he doesn't play the best defense or anything, but he plays hard and he hustles and it makes up for any mistakes that he makes because he's you know always at 100% or really 110% effort whenever he's out there. This guy, I think that whenever Jalen's back in the starting lineup, and we'll touch on this a little bit later in the pod, I mm-hmm. want to see Garrison out there as the starting three. Um, just I agree to see what that. happens. You know, he doesn't have to stay uh, as the starting three for very long. If it doesn't work, then pull him, put him somewhere else. But I, I think he's really earning himself a starting job moving forward, and he's earning himself a real NBA contract instead of a two-way deal like he's on right now. Yeah, I mean, like, like to your point, like his shooting, he's he's he he has a rocket launcher. So, in uh, let me see. Yeah, yeah. So what he does, he attempts seven threes a game and makes 40% of them, which is beautiful. You know what I mean? So basically he makes three a game, right? While he's attempting about eight 
so it's great. It's it's awesome. And he's been like he's played 27 minutes for us. And in those 27 minutes, he averages 12 points for us. Well, if we're rounding up 13, so it has 81 free throw percentage, which is what we need. He's basically everything we asked and begged for. You know what I mean? And it's why like a lot of people on Rockets Twitter, including myself, have been like saying, dumping down the door, like we need to sign him now quick. Right now, obviously, it's an overstatement about signing him now quick, but it's more so just like. Yeah, when his two way contract is up, meaning like he, he's fulfilled too many days to play as an NBA player. Just pick him. Don't don't fight about it. Just just convert his deal because we're going to need somebody like that when we have lineups where there's just non-shooting whatsoever. Yeah, and I mean, the guys are averaging 16 points per game over the last seven games uh, in this win streak, and that stems back to, I guess, in that Chicago game, he was not a starter in it, if I remember correctly, but he did get moved into the starting lineup after Jalen got hurt and yes. missed those next six. But he's averaging 16 points a game, on a ton of attempts from three and he's doing it on really good efficiency too i mean he's he's just a sniper out there and there was an interesting stat that was i saw it in a bleacher report article earlier today actually is in their power rankings where the rockets moved up to 26th in the league instead of 30th you know i'll take it but yeah. garrison uh whenever he's on court the rockets have a i believe is a 10.4 net rating when he's on mm-hmm. and guess what it is when he's off just Wild, wild. Well, I guess I already told you before we uh, when we were planning this out earlier, but it's negative ten point nine whenever he's off, and so yeah. good things happen when Gary's out there. It's pretty simple. Are you sure? Because I, I see it's, it says it's it's plus ten, but it's negative fifteen. Oh, you, you might be seeing something different. I was going off of what I saw in that BR article today. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe. You've, I mean, that's even more convincing if what you're seeing is right. But yeah. Either way, I mean, there's a very stark difference between whenever he's out there and whenever he's not. You can tell the spacing has just done wonders for this team. And he's he's earning an NBA deal for sure. Now, I don't think you have to do it immediately. You know, we don't have to sign him tomorrow to a, and convert his deal to an actual NBA contract. But uh, I do think that he has a place with this team, at least in the near future, uh, maybe not four years from now or something. But I'd like to go ahead and get him uh, – secured as a rocket for the next year or two yeah it's it's just like the noise and i I can't lie i'm part of the noisy people on twitter it's because of the fact you want to it's like a merit right because this guy is playing so well it's almost criminal that he's playing on the two-way contract (laughs) you know what i mean it's almost criminal when you think about the talent that we have and they're just not getting things done he obviously just transforms the team. Now, obviously, we had players like Tate transforming into the guys we needed them to be. Wood went back to being his old self from last season. But Garrison Matthews is probably like the spark plug to make all of this happen, you know, because like I can even put up this stat right now. Let me look for it. Let me look for it. Remember, I tweeted this. Yeah. So when we took Dice out the rotation the first three games, our offensive rating climbed up to ninth. It climbed up to def- – on defense rating, it climbed up to 13th. Our pace still stayed the same at first. Our points per game went up to third. Our field goal shooting went up to 10th. And our three-point shooting, which was abysmal before, 
was at fourth, you know? So, like, he literally changed life. And if we fast forward it to now seven games, now we're ninth in net rating with plus 7.2. Offensive rating is now third. Defensive rating slipped, right? But that was going to happen, obviously, because of a longer time and things have just settled. The pace slipped, but it doesn't matter because we're on a seven-game win streak. Points per game went up. Field goal percentage went up. And three-point shooting stayed the same, but like, but it's sixth place, right? I can name the numbers for you, but you can look it up. Right? The point is, is that this change has to be here to stay. It's a winning formula. Now, we're not, I'm not going to say we're, uh, we're guaranteed a playing spot, but it's up for grabs if things don't change. Right. And that's something that the front office has to decide if they want to go forward for that. But this is why, like, the Garrison Matthews or the Gary Bird propaganda is being pushed. And they want that man not signed tomorrow, not next week, but tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, you, you kind of touched on you said the words winning formula there. And it looks like the Rockets have found it. And it's like I mentioned earlier, these wins haven't necessarily come against the uh, most impressive teams in the NBA. You've got it doesn't two matter, wins. but you still have to win them. It doesn't matter. Like, oh, you have yeah, to for sure. Yeah. I mean, the win against Chicago was, was really, really good. I mean, that was hard fought. The win against Charlotte that went to overtime was really, really hard fought. And then even then, OKC in that second game, because they made some adjustments, and OKC almost pulled it out against Houston. Houston came back in the fourth. Uh, mm-hmm. If I remember that one right, too. And even you look at a game like New Orleans, and they've got they got Valanchunas down there. they got Brandon Ingram, who put up 40. There are some matchup nightmares there. But, right. yeah, Houston – and they're not they're not like a good team, but they have talent. And so Houston made it work. And especially that win against Brooklyn, I just – I, I want to touch on that because that meant so much. And I know it came without Kevin Durant. But that meant so much for Harden to come back to Houston – and then to watch Christian Wood block him with the rim, and then he's jogging back, and he gets in his face, and he looks at Harden, and he gives him a little little smirk, and he yeah, like a grin. back. Oh my god, man, that was that was the highlight of my night was watching that game and watching C Wood do that because you can. I, I don't know if there's bad blood between them or anything. I think they were talking after the game too, but it's little stuff like that that after the way that Harden left, I didn't want to see him get booed necessarily, but I didn't want to see him walk mm-hmm. in a Toyota Center and win. And so they, they got the job done. There was there were some high stakes in that matchup. And that was just a fun game. That's probably the most fun that we've had in a game. At least I most fun I've had watching a game this year so far. I don't know about you. No, I mean that game. Um, yeah, I would say that game was probably the most fun game to watch out of the winning streak. Uh probably the first game of the winning streak was the funnest game for me because like we all thought it was doom and gloom, <laughs> you know. Jalen I mean? got hurt. Yeah, we thought it was. Yeah. We thought we were done. Yeah, we thought we were done. Like all of this was just like, man, winning against Chicago was like this was a uh, a Thanksgiving uh, a Thanksgiving uh, uh, what is it called? A miracle. Thanks- yeah, Thanksgiving yeah. miracle. Right. That's exactly what we all said. Right. And that was when uh, house went off. House went off. Yep. And I told, and everybody was like playing. Uh, playing it's mind. lit it was, oh god everybody was playing it's lit just to, like out of just 
out in his honor, right? Gotta get them streams up, man. Yeah, he deserved every bit of those extra streams before Spotify Rap came out. <laughs> you know, but um, for sure though, like you know, it was my favorite. But yeah, the the Rockets Nets game was beautiful because you know, it feels like if it, it feels like a long time ago, but it's still painful for a lot of fans when like Harden for you know you may you may for better or for worse he had to make a decision for himself because the rockets weren't uh they they weren't trading him or actually acquiescing to his desire to leave they were doing it in bad faith so he decided to press the turbo button by saying that the team's not good enough you know like it's crazy like you know he basically called the team bums right and um that was painful for fans and because uh, that was somebody that they fought over tooth and nail for, right? They bent over backwards defending him and his shortcomings and his flaws as a person, right? So for him to do that and leave to go to a contender and you now have to fight media types about like what type of return you got because these are not tangible assets. They're all just picks, you know? There's something you have to like imagine and hope that they convey into something good. So, yeah, to see somebody like Kristen Wood who had to step up and become the face, even though he was brought here to uh, help James Harden win a championship or contend for one, was nice because he blocked them. That was like probably the best uh, post-defense he played all season or his career up to that point with the, with the multiple, was it three blocks? Or was, I just remember he had a black party that game Tate was playing like a madman on defense. Josh Christopher had a master class on his birthday guarding his idol. Seven of seven from the field, too. 100%. Yes. He, had, he had, what, uh, 14 or eight? No, it was 18 points. Yeah, he was, he was out of his mind. If, I, if this thing would load up, yeah, he had 18 points, seven for seven shooting from field A couple field steals, too. How many steals? Two of them. Two steals. And his true shooting percentage was 128.57. Beautiful. You, you it was a master class. You love to see it. Hey, it's, I don't know if you saw that tweet. I think it was, uh, oh, man, who was it from? There was someone that said there were two Arizona State alumni out there, right? There are two Arizona State guys out there. But they said Josh Christopher was the better one, basically. And they were like, yeah, the greatest player to ever wear 13 AZ states out there. Oh, and James. Yeah, Harden I saw that one. Too. <laughs> that was pure comedy. That had me dying. Oh, that was so funny. And, you know, that one meant a lot just to, to get that win. Now, seven games, it's all cool and all. I don't know if that continues tonight against the Bucks, And it, it maybe, maybe. And you can tell I'm, I'm uncertain about this. I want to be very optimistic. But it's like we've said, right? We found the formula that might let us at least be scrappy and win a few games here and there. Because we've found that Christian Wood is the lone big. It just – things work better. Garrison Matthews out there to space the floor. The team just works better pretty much. So – and this will definitely be a topic that we get into a lot on a later episode, uh, not so much today. But how much are you willing to win? Because I'm seeing there are some people who are saying – oh, well, Houston should just gun for the play-in, right? We should just say to hell with whatever draft pick we're trying to get. You know, we have talent that we can uh, at least sort of compete with for the time being. 
So let's try and win games and win as much as we can. Where, where do you stand on that? Just in, and try and keep it kind of short because I don't know, this turns into a huge debate along a yeah, lot of people. I would just say I'm neither, right? Um, I, from what my understanding was, we're like two, two games away from the, making the play-in. Um, and I understand that like our picks are, are, are unprotected. There's no protections on the picks and it's going to be for us. So like it would, it would benefit us more in terms of getting a potential uh, superstar asset to bottom out in the top, in the bottom four. Um, I, I, I don't think this team is going to be that good. Um, they're doing good right now, but in five days, that's when the contracts that were signed in July is now going to, well, is it July or August, right? When I'll be converted into like to be tradable players. And the guys like Eric Gordon, the Daniel Houses, the Daniel Dices, the Augustines, the vets that are just there are now going to be ready to be traded out or be discussed because we have four rookies that need to play. And as much as we love Jacob, Jacob only got to play because Jalen Green is hurt and KPJ is hurt. Like that, like we're not the Celtics of the past where we're an embarrassment of riches, but we're in a position where like it's getting hard to like play our talent and we need to do so, right? So like when that happens and we trade these players off, I don't think we'll win much. I'll just say, let's just see what happens, right? Because at the end of the day, we still have the broken pick. We have our pick. I remember Nima, finding Nima 23 in the discussion we had. Shout out Nima. He said that um, it doesn't really make much sense to really tank that hard because even let's say we get the fifth overall pick and if we're really big on getting one of those like top four picks badly, you can just trade that pick, our pick, along with the Brooklyn pick to just trade even up to get a player that we want. So... I'm either or if whatever happens, happens, I'm down with it. Right. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I can see either side of it because if you want to push for development, then you want your guys playing more. And unfortunately, the problem with that is that we do have the vets there who are taking up those spots in the rotation, like EG. And EG, like we need to free that man. That, That dude deserves better than being on a rebuilding team. He needs to go play for a contender somewhere because he's he's having one of the best low-key one of the best seasons of his career I mean he's averaging I think it was 14 points and he's shooting over 40 percent from three and he's doing this at what age 32 he's having like a master class during the seven game stretch too because yeah, he had he's, that um, he's been good he had that closing layup in which game was it uh Orlando yeah it was Orlando he, yeah it was the game winner because it was 116, 116, and then exactly. he ran in. Yep. And then he took it to James Harden. <laughs> like, oh, after the Nets James game, Harden and went oh, off. Yes. Bro, he was throwing shots on Instagram. Yeah. Was, yeah, you see that post? That was crazy. Definitely. But EG, like, these guys will have trade value. Uh, I think he's gone almost for sure. And the reality is, and we've talked about this a lot of times before on the pod, this isn't 2K. You can't just roll out a bunch of 19-year-olds and expect to win games or really to even play NBA games whenever you have a lineup that's a bunch of 19, 20, 21-year-olds. Like, you have to have a couple of veterans out there that 
can help keep their head on their shoulders, that sort of thing. That's but a fact. at the end of the day, it is a rebuilding team. And so hopefully post-December 15th, because we're getting, we're getting awfully close to it, I cannot wait to see what shakes out. Because there's some teams out there that could use uh, Daniel Tice or could use an Eric Gordon. Some of these contenders, or I guess would-be contenders, are probably eyeing them down and probably wanting to hit up Raphael Stone and say, hey, man, look, you know, I, maybe we can strike a deal because this guy could help out. So I, there will be interest on Houston's players. And that'll make the lineup decisions much easier in another week or two whenever hopefully Jalen is able to come back and KPJ too, which will lead mm -hmm. us into our final topic. What do you envision the starting lineup looking like? Uh, or let's just say, what is, what is your ideal starting lineup? We'll start with that once everybody's healthy. Um, my ideal starting lineup is KPJ, Jalen Green, Gary Bird, Tate, and Wood. Okay. I'm, I'm along the same lines. Uh, I would almost – I'm still Team KJ, right? And so I would almost rather see KJ start at the four, but I'm not sure he's ready for that, I guess, over Tate. The, the only thing is um, you just – you want to have enough spacing, and that was the thing with all the uh, – I'm sure you've seen on Twitter. I'm sure most Rockets fans have seen by now. A lot of people are – saying that they've only won these seven games in a row because Jalen has been hurt. They're saying, oh, we won our first, or we won our second game of the year and the first of the streak in the game that Jalen goes down. We have not lost a game while he is out. So these people are basically attributing it to Jalen being gone, saying, oh, Jalen is the reason that they sucked. But I want to say, first of all, that's plain wrong because he was playing really well against Chicago before he went down. And then mm. B – correlation does not necessarily equal causation, right? It is yep. weird that it came at the same time, but it also came at the same time as these other changes, like pulling the too big lineup and not mm. using it as much. And so that's been the difference. So I can't wait to see what Jalen can do with the better spacing now that we're not running two bigs out there. Uh, and, you know, Christian Wood, his shooting has kind of come back around. He's His, his numbers are improving. And then – Hopefully KPJ is able to come back at some point and hopefully his three ball can look consistent. Maybe if he's, he's healthier, that'll look better. And I know we have, we've kind of seen him a couple of times lately. It's just been off and on because he played or he missed some time, played a game or two, and then he, he was missing some more time because he was sore. So the starting lineup, I just, you got to have enough shooting and the more spacing we have, like having Gary in there uh, at the starting three, it just, it's going to open things up for everybody else. Jalen's going to be able to drive and just attack the rim way more easily now that he's not dealing with Tyus being out there too. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I just think that's the ideal lineup. And, like, I just wanted to add on to your point about the Jalen Green stuff. Yeah, I don't mind that interesting stat because, you know, ESPN and all these other websites, they do the same thing. These outlets will put up, like, an absurd or weird stat for everything, right? They probably will have a stat about like what a player scores when it's raining and when it's not. <laughs> but um, it is what it is, right? But I think what I don't like about this stat about being six and zero without Jalen two and sixteen when he's here is that it's starting a bad faith argument for people who do not watch the Rockets or may already have an agenda against Jalen Green because Jalen Green um decided to troll all of Detroit Pistons fans and the city of Detroit for being a, uh, how about I say this? It doesn't measure up to 
the nice sunny Houston weather compared to Detroit, right? But um, yeah, it's all it's all a fallacy, you know, because like like you said, we just did t- twin tower lineup. We started emphasizing spacing, and that just didn't help out like the team. Like it made Wood more comfortable in his like role as a five. Garrison Matthews is not shooting the lights out. There's more rotations. But the short time that Jalen Green played before he got his hamstring injury, right? In 11 minutes, he played. He scored 11 points and made four out of five field goals. Like, that extra spacing was doing wonders for that man. Like, it it was doing wonders for him. So, like, it's going to be spooky when he comes back. Same thing for KPJ. Right. It's going to be spooky. I'm not saying that they're going to win a lot of games. No one's saying that. But the development of them offensively will look much better than it was previously because we decided to emphasize spacing and now people feel more comfortable in their roles. So I just wish that people would take these arguments or these stats and actually try to put nuance. But we know that it's not that because people are looking for engagement out the wise on Twitter. Because without engagement, you can't get followers. You're right. And it's it's all about getting clout and getting likes on Twitter. Everyone loves the Bird app. Everybody wants to be popular on the Bird app. And it's like you said, it's it's a bad faith argument. And it just it lacks context to say exactly. the Rockets are um, 7-0 and without Jalen Green and they're whatever they are without. It, it does not fully take – all the other factors into account, which is that's why I hate to see the hate for Jalen is because he's a he's a 19 year old kid and he's out there and he's I'm sure he's itching to get back into the lineup. I mean, that dude lives and breeds basketball. I mean, yeah. he's, and it, I'm sure not being able to practice in full has taken a toll on him, too. Like he wants to improve. You can tell that he has the mentality of, oh, I could always develop my game. I can always get better. And now, hopefully he will be put in a better position to develop his skills whenever he comes back. And then the other, I guess this will be the last little thing that I touch on uh, on this topic too, is that a lot of people like to think that Jalen is just going to like be a ball stopper on offense and he's just going to kill the ball movement, right? Because he is an ISO heavy player. But I don't think he doesn't fit poorly with uh, an offense that moves the ball a lot too. I mean, he can play a little bit off ball. Is it his, is it like his, Greatest strength, no. But is he going to be put in a position to succeed with the ball moving a little bit more, creating more opportunities for him um, to you know get open off of a screen, something like that? I think that he'll do a whole lot better now that the ball is moving better because mm-hmm. that was something that plagued Houston over that the losing streak is turnovers and guys just weren't looking to to pass much. Uh, if that makes sense. And they just weren't passing the ball well. They weren't making effective reads. And so I look at it this way. Um, Jalen is going to be in a much better spot to look great when he comes back. And so I I just – I cannot wait to see him fully healthy. And I, I hope they hold him out until he is 150% because I don't want to take any kind of risk on a hamstring thing. We got bad luck with those. Well, at least that hamstring, at least you know he's a true Houston Rocket now. You're not a Houston yeah, Rocket that's, without a that's the initiation. Yeah, it is the initiation. It's a, it's a gruesome, painful initiation of Houston sports and sadness, but at least he's one of us now. Yeah, that's true. 
But I think that's pretty much all I've got, unless there's anything you want to say before we wrap this thing up. Man, all I got to say is that Corey better come here and sing his ass off for us, man. <laughs> that's all I got to say. We'll put, him on, we'll put him on a hot mic, man. I can't wait. I hope he, I hope he bought that $300 Larry Hoover merch, man. That free Larry Hoover merch. I need him to, like, show everybody that he, was, he actually went there. Yeah, we, we might have to start posting the uh, posting the video of the Zoom call if he pulls up in the in the Kanye merch, man. Yes, definitely. Have to let him show off a little bit. Show but, off the drip. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so thank you all for listening. We really appreciate your support. Uh, hopefully we will be able to get out some, some episodes of the pod a little more regularly now uh, that the holidays are coming up. I'm, not, I'm done with school for the semester, thank God, so I have more time to watch my Rockets. And yes, uh, maybe get get back to writing a few articles here and there for some people to read. And Zeke, I know that uh, that hopefully you'll have a little more time on your hands too. So oh, we'll sure. see what we can do over the next couple of weeks. I'd really like to get on a, a more regular schedule for putting out episodes. So be on the lookout for that. We'll hopefully have some really cool stuff coming up for y'all in the near future. So with that being said, thank you for listening, and we will see y'all in the next one. Peace. Peace.